0: Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study on Christ our Healer. Christ our Healer. You know, I, I just have to stop and say for a moment that this is an incredible thing to go through and to look and to see the healing in the, um, say in the life of Christ, but throughout the life of Christ where He goes and He heals all of these people. You know, we're going to be reading today in Matthew chapter 9. And in Matthew chapter nine, there there is just an incredible account of healing after healing after healing after healing. You, you know, one of the things that I want you to realize is that Christ is a healer. He was a healer while he was on this earth. And I want you to remember that in Matthew chapter 28, he says, All authority is given unto me. Do you think that he has less authority now? after he has said all authority is given unto me, than when he had when he walked this earth? I certainly hope that's not your thought, because if so, you are sorely mistaken. He had the authority to heal while he was on this earth, and he did not lose any of that authority whatsoever. And that is the commission that we are to walk in. And let's go ahead and let's start off by reading Matthew chapter nine today, because there is an awful lot to get to. In fact, I doubt we'll be able to get to all of it today, but we might as well give it a try. So let's read Matthew chapter 9. It says this, So he got into a boat and crossed over and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic man lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, for your sins are forgiven you. At once, and at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemies. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, What do you think evil, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise and take up your bed and go to your house. Then he arose and he departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat. At the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and they sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and the sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, but go to them. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast." But no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch, pulls away from the garment, and tears, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put uh, new wine in old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine uh, is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine in new wineskins and both are preserved. While well, he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and they wor- and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and uh, followed him, and so did the disciples, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood. Blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch this garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, my daughter, for your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute, Players And the noisy crowd wailing, he said unto them, "'Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping.' And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl rose. And then the report of this went out into the land. And when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, "'Son of David, have mercy on us!' And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. And then, and they went out, behold, and they brought him uh, a mute man. Uh, And demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. And then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now we see here many accounts in this chapter of scripture of healing. We see uh first of all, uh you have the paralytic man. Then uh as you come down, you see the uh the girl who um who, is, who, who dies and Jesus her, raises her from the dead, but in the middle of that, you see a woman who has a bleeding problem for 12 years, and then you come down and you see two blind men, and then you see a mute man, and then you see that he goes around teaching in, in all of the synagogues and, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and what does he do while well, he's there? He heals the sick, and he has compassion on the people, saying that they are like people without shepherds. Let me tell you here, if you're in need of healing today, Jesus is the right person to go to. He is one who has compassion for you. He wants to shepherd you. But there are some lessons here that we can learn uh, in this chapter and all of the accounts uh, that we see of healing. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to all of them here this morning, but I'm certainly going to try. The first one is is the paralytic man. And, and this is really a lesson that has less to do with the paralytic than it does um. And then it does the the scribes, actually, or maybe I should call them the skeptics as opposed to the scribes. But there are those today who are skeptical of Christ's healing. And Jesus goes and he makes an interesting connection here. And one that is incredibly important, and it's also uh, going back to Isaiah 53 and foreshadowing, of course, of the cross. Uh, But this is that he goes and he says to the paralytic man first— Son, your sins are forgiven of you. You're forgiven of your sins. And then they say, oh, he's a blasphemer. He is a blasphemer. Look at that. He is going, the scribes say this, he goes, he is going and saying uh, that he can forgive sins. And then Jesus says, "Now wait a minute. You guys don't really believe here, uh, which is is more difficult to believe, that uh, sins can be forgiven? Or I tell this paralytic man, rise up and walk. And he tells him, rise up and walk. And he says, it's for a purpose. And that's that you might believe that he has power to forgive sins. You know, the reality of it is, is that it is a bizarre position to hold, to believe that Jesus Christ can forgive your sins, can defeat and conquer death so that you can rise again, but he can't heal you while you're on this earth. Or that he would go through all of that and he won't heal you while you're on this earth. That is a bizarre position to hold. And that's what Jesus is pointing out here. And and I imagine that there are some people who are listening today to this, perhaps you've been listening to the whole series and you're going, yeah, you know, I mean, sure, we pray for people to be healed. And, you know, yeah, I mean, Jesus kind of heals people sometimes. God can perform a miracle. I believe in miracles, but miracles are rare. And that, that, that's true. I, I, I do want you to understand that. But I, I want you to realize how bizarre it is to think that you are going to rise again if you doubt or if you don't believe that Jesus can heal you on this earth. Those two, th- two beliefs cannot coexist logically. They can't. You're being illogical. You're being ridiculous. And Jesus even says right here in this passage that the whole point it says, and now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and they glorified God who had given such power to man. And as Jesus passed from there, or excuse me here, let me go back a couple of verses. It says uh, in verse six, but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go into your house, go to your house. See, the reality of it is, is that healing is a promise. It's an endowment. It's earnest money, so to say, that we are going to be resurrected, that our sins are forgiven us. It is that endowment or that earnest money uh, that we go and we see that Jesus is going and saying, look, I'm going to make good on my promise. I really can raise you from the dead and I really am going to raise you from the dead and I really am going and preparing a place for you and you can believe me because I heal the sick. I can take care of your body now and I will do it so much better in the future when sin and death are finally defeated. I mean, he defeated them on the cross, but I mean, when sin and death are cast into the lake of fire in that sense, when it is over and done, when the judgment has finally happened. Wow. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, the next thing we see here. And this is interesting. Because it starts in verse 18, and it says, While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but you come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus arose and followed him, uh, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had the flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. And Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, "'Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well.'" And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came uh, into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, "'Make room, for the girl is not dead but sleeping.'" And then they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose." And the report of this went out into all that land. Now we see here just an incredible contrast, because you have a girl who just has literally died. And you have a lady who has, I mean, undoubtedly a a terrible illness and a terrible, uh, horrible problem. But she's had it for 12 years. I mean, this thing, it's not a life or death issue. It's an incredible inconvenience. It definitely changes her life. But, I mean, in comparison to somebody who just died, it's really not nearly as big of a deal in this contrast here. And I'm not trying to underplay that. But there's sometimes that I think that people... Have little things that need to be healed, and they're afraid to come to Jesus, or they don't think they should come to Jesus because it's just a little thing. You know, I'm living with it. It might be changing my life, it might be altering my life, but you know, I didn't just die. I didn't get diagnosed with cancer, I didn't get a death sentence. And so they forget to come to God, they forget to come to Jesus. But I want you to see something here Jesus has compassion, and he heals both of these things. He heals both of these things, both the biggest thing. It doesn't get more sick than dead, right? I mean, I can't think of something that's more sick than dead. And Jesus comes, and he goes and he raises this girl back to life. I want you to understand something. There is nothing in your life that is too big for God to heal. There is no sickness that has defeated God. There is no sickness that is greater than what Jesus took on the cross Jesus has the power to forgive sins. He has the power to raise the dead. I also want you to realize there's nothing too small for God to heal. There's no illness. There's no disease. There's no sickness that is too small for Jesus to take care of. He can take care of that, whatever it is, and he will take care of that. You know, I I think of Thomas. You know, the first time that we really introduced him uh, to healing in, in this concept and praying for healing was a time when he fell down, and I believe he he skinned his knee, um, so, something like that. I mean, it was it was something very, very, very small, and it was really bothering him as we were going and putting him down to sleep. And I and I said, "Should we pray that Jesus would heal this?" And he looked and he said, "Yes." Yes, we should. And I mean, he was, I, I'd have to ask Sarah how old he was, but I mean, he was still in a crib. He was not very, very old. I mean, he, he stayed in a crib for uh, for a decent amount of, uh, amount of time, but he, he wasn't very old. And so I prayed for it. And he could just barely talk. He could only string together just a few words. And when he woke up that next morning, he was so excited because he checked his knee. And Jesus had healed his owie. It was gone. And he came. And when we got him out of bed, that precious child, he says, Jesus healed Owie. Jesus healed Aoi. You know, there is nothing too small. There is nothing too small for Jesus to heal. And there's nothing too big. We serve a great God. Absolutely. Well, there is much more that I want to talk about, both with this instance of the the, the woman who had the problem with bleeding and also uh, the other healings in this chapter. But we're going to have to get to that tomorrow uh, because we've run out of time. But thank you for listening today. And remember, Joshua 1, 8, 9, as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting Some